is on is our hope in Jesus. It feels like I'm in and out. Am I okay on the sound? Okay. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, this message is from you. This is not my own. This is what was placed on my heart. Lord, as your servant, use me, my heart, my tongue, my hands and my feet, to deliver this message that you be glorified. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So I've got this mic on. Um, it's alien to me. It's a bit funny seeing a little bowl just in eyesight here. So if I fiddle about it, it's only because I'm not used to it. So today I'd just like us to talk to you about why we should put our hope in Jesus. Now again, you may have said, I've heard about that before, I've heard about hope, I've heard the message on hope, but sometimes you really do have to look back, dig a bit deeper, because it is a big subject. Hope is a word many believers use day to day, but do we fully appreciate its importance, significance or impact in our walk with God and others? The word hope appears 180 times in the NIV Bible and within 38 of the 66 Bible books. 97 of these references are in the Old Testament, with the majority, 34 of these in the Psalms and 18 in the book of Job. Hope is a key theme for running through both of these books. There are 83 references in the New Testament. And most of these are Paul's and the Apostles' writings making a reference. So let's explore some definitions to gain a better understanding of the word hope. Don't know if you can see that, but I'm going to read it out. So good old Google, I started with them. Google defines hope as a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. Or a feeling of trust or wanting something to happen or be the case. Wikipedia states hope as an optimistic attitude of mind based on the expectation of positive outcomes related to events and circumstances in one's life or the world at large. Or a strong and confident expectation of future reward. Our last one's a bit more biblical. Theopedia. Biblical hope is not an uncertain desire, it is a confident expectation. So is there a difference between faith and hope? This is where the technical stuff doesn't... Right. So I pulled together some definitions of faith and hope from varied sources. The first one we'll look at is faith. Faith is reliance, loyalty, or complete trust in God or someone or something. Because lots of people now aren't just having faith in a person. They're having faith in an object. C.S. Lewis noted, Faith is the art of holding on to things in spite of your changing moods and circumstances. While hope... is to desire something with confident expectation of its fulfillment. Hope looks forward for something good and better. Faith and hope are different yet connected. 
1 Corinthians 13, 13 states their uniqueness. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Faith involves believing a set of facts to be true and trusting in those facts. For example, we believe in the facts of Jesus' words, his life, his death, his resurrection. And we completely trust Jesus has and will fulfill what he said he would do, including his return and our resurrection to eternal life. However, Hebrews 11.1 1 shows how they relate to one another. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Biblical hope is built on faith. It is confident expectation that comes from faith and provides assurance that something that hasn't occurred yet will indeed happen. So we hope in Jesus' return and we wait with joy and anticipation of it, even though we know not the time or day. Of his return. Gotquestions.org, I think, sums it up quite nicely. It's cut on this bit, but I'll read it out to you. Faith and hope are complementary. Faith is grounded in the reality of the past. Hope is looking to the reality of the future. Without faith, there is no hope. And without hope, there is no true faith. Christians are people of faith and hope. We have the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. And a reference to Titus 1, verse 2. So why is hope so important? Hopes are dreams and thoughts we have that ignites our faith. But faith powers the actions God asks us to take to fulfill our hope in him. Jesus was born so we could believe and have faith in the unseen God. He went to the cross for the hope of what was before him, setting captives free, healing the sick, and ushering in a new age of his father's kingdom. Jesus endured the cross, experienced death, and put his faith in his father to resurrect him out of his love for him and for all those who required God's mercy and salvation in this wicked and dying world. Jesus is our hope, past, present and future for every generation. Even the Jewish nation put their hopes in him being their Messiah, which he was, but unfortunately not the Savior they expected or wanted. Unfortunately, they did not understand God the Father sent Jesus Christ, his Son, to be the Savior for all nations, not just the Jewish one. He still fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies, but to a much greater extent than the and the teachers of that day understood. Even today, we underestimate what Jesus is doing in us and through our kingdom purposes. No matter what our circumstances, we can have hope. With God, it's not over or finished until he says so. John 17, 13. John 17 verse 3 shows hope of eternal life is centered in knowing the Holy Father through Jesus. The Bible's central message is that God can be known by anyone at any time and at any place. God knows me completely in every way, for he created me and knew me before the beginning of time. 
but beware. The opposite to hope is despair. We see both sides of the coin in some of King David's Psalms and most definitely see hope against despair in the book of Job. Psalm 25 verse 5 Guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God my saviour and my hope is in you all day long. And 13 verse 50 Though he slay me I will hope in him yet I will argue my ways to his face. Job endured many troubles sorry I didn't I move that on. Job endured many troubles with increasing depths of despair but his hope remained that God is a good and just God. And would not leave him in his desperation. This can be an encouragement to us all. C.S. Lewis quotes this faith in Christ. Faith in Christ requires hope. And it's the only thing to save you from despair. Our hopes are linked to our desires and God's purposes for our lives. I believe God plants them deep in our hearts before we are born. In 1 Samuel 1, we see Hannah, Samuel's mum, had a deep desire to have a child so much she was willing to dedicate her son back to the Lord if God answered her prayer. God would use her vow to fulfill his purposes. Hannah endured for many years the heartache and disappointment of not being able to bear a child, but she also suffered irritations and insults from her husband's other wife, Peninnah, who was able to bear children. The Bible also states God has closed Hannah's womb up to this point. So it's not for the want of trying. Hannah is trying. But for some reason God says not yet. But despite all this, she never lost hope that God would answer her prayer and bless her with a son. God did answer Hannah's faithful persistence of hope and faith. After Hannah fulfilled her obligation of dedicating Samuel to the Lord's service, she prophesied in her prayer that the Lord would bless her barren womb with more children. Eli the priest also prayed for this, and she was blessed with three more sons and two daughters. So Hannah hoped for one child, and God blessed her with six. For her faithfulness and hope in him, but also for her selfless act to give up her firstborn son, to the complete service of the Lord. What I haven't got in my notes is, there is a Jewish legend that the wife that was giving Hannah such a hard time, even though she had children, she lost them all. It's not stated in the Bible, but Jewish scholars have noted that. So that's one thing I will warn. Don't mess about with the children of God, because God is a faithful God, and he's a righteous one. So if someone's in despair, don't add to it. Walk with them in it. Another example of great hope is John the Baptist's parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Her hope was not to please herself, but more importantly, please God with hopes. What their story shows is we shouldn't give up hoping, despite our situations or the natural boundaries we may face. God can make a way. Enduring hope attracts God's favor. But also, hope demands that you leave your requests in God's hands. Second Thessalonians 2 from verse 15. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, 
either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God and Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Hope encourages our hearts and strengthens us when we go through our troubles. Paul writes in Ephesians, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. We can have hope in the one and only Jesus, the unique word of God, the creator of all light and life in this world, the transformer of lives and the revealer of God. When we hope in Jesus, we will seek his will and call on his strength, but we will also receive, accept and walk in the precious gift of salvation that faith and hope in Jesus calls us into. Hope lifts our souls and our hearts. Psalm 31 Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And another Psalm 42 Why are you cast down all my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him my salvation. We must maintain our hope in Jesus. We must never come to a place where we lose all hope. If we do, we will make decisions and have thoughts that will be harmful to us and others and may not please our Lord and Saviour. When we understand why and how to maintain our hope in Jesus Christ and his resurrection, then we can lose our own human life, our possessions, our reputation, even our faith to some extent. But what we gain from Jesus by living in faith and hope goes beyond what we could ever imagine or hope for. C.S. Lewis again quotes, There are far better things ahead than any we leave behind. Now I know that's a contradiction for our natural bodies. We're thinking as we get older we can do less. Isn't that true? I'll testify to it. Alright? But it's the opposite for God. Why? Because he's an eternal God. So he doesn't get tired because he doesn't get to a point where he gets tired. And we need to be the same. He empowers us through his Holy Spirit. Is that not correct? Are we not living by the Spirit today? So the same Spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ is alive in us today. So yes, we are going to get tired, but we have strength beyond our own strength understanding beyond our own understanding knowledge before beyond our own knowledge we are capable and we are filled with one who is capable we should never allow hope our hope or others to die if we do life can become almost impossible to bear we all need something to look forward to to work towards to keep 
to keep us going. Is that not true of us as well? Everyone needs a holiday, don't they? And if we can get abroad, even better. If we can't, then bless you, England's a good country. There are nice places to go. But we all need to have that break, don't we? Something to look forward to. I think that's why Christmas is a key thing for us. Not just as Christians, but people in general. It's something they look forward to. And just imagine if Christmas wasn't there anymore. Now people are mad enough with Christmas here. But can you imagine what it would be like if they didn't have that ability to come off the treadmill or to show love or to show affection if that day wasn't there? Can you imagine? I don't think life would be worth living. If you start to take away all those things, take away a hope of something good or better coming, people do degenerate into depression, loss of hope. Our country, for instance, is in that same position now. We're unhappy. We don't like the way things are. But the only people that can change it is us. We as Christians can change that. We can pray into a situation. We can give an encouraging word to someone. But if we're not at work, that same person might miss something that God intended you to give to somebody. Whether our Christian walk is difficult, problemsome, or stress-free, God's promises assures us that our hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ and living forever with him should motivate us to be faithful to his will and his ways as he's always faithful to us. When you place your hope in Jesus, you always hope for better, not worse. You always hope for change to improve your situation or someone else's situation, not for things to get worse. We as believers all know the world will and is getting more depraved and sinful before the final return and completion of Jesus' victory over these things. I would hope in that time, we as church would all hope our loved ones would come to faith in Jesus and be spared eternal separation from God in eternal suffering and despair without his presence or his providence or his provision. At Jesus' resurrection, those that had seen him were filled with faith. But those who did not completely believe yet hoped that what they heard was true. Why else would the disciples John and Peter run to the tomb to verify what Mary Magdalene had testified to? If it wasn't a rush, and sorry, coming from a Caribbean background, if someone had given me that sort of news, I'd probably be sitting down and waiting another day or so before checking out the evidence. Yeah? But these guys run. Yeah? And in the Bible it says they didn't believe what Mary Magdalene said. Okay, if they didn't believe, why are they running to an empty tomb? They must have believed. They must have had faith against hope against hope. Jesus was risen. Didn't understand all the implications. All they wanted to know was their brother and master was alive. That's why they're running. They had that hope. How does hope work for us and why does the world need hope? Jeremiah 29 from verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, 
declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. We must retain hope as we go through troubles and hard times, or we slip into despair and depression. God has shown me and others throughout history that placing your hope in him reaps rewards in confidence and strength, which could never dream we could never dream of experiencing anywhere else or from anyone else. Maintaining hope despite our situation shows our faith in God and his promises and helps form our attitudes to challenges as they come. As Christians we should ever we should be ever hopeful. Paul says again in Ephesians, therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision, but what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And Revelations 21 from verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. Hope is the antidote to helplessness. And we all experience this at times, no matter who we are, or how strong we think we are in ourselves, or in God. It reminds us who God is, what he has, and will do for us. Isaiah 40, from verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Romans 5, 1-5 talks about justification by faith, but also highlights how we develop certain godly character traits, including hope. I'm not going to go through those verses, but I'll try to summarize these in the following table. Grace leads to faith. We have to start with grace. It's only God's grace that awakens us and ignites our faith in the first place. Then once we have faith under our belts, we then need to work on our peace with God through Jesus. We get that through sanctification. Then the next one is the one that no one wants to talk about, but it's there. We need to rejoice in suffering. God is our refining fire I know David's preached on this I'm not going to go into it all I'm saying is God is a refining fire and it gets hot sometimes in our trials and tribulations but we come through the fire just like the three young Hebrew boys came through we will come through the fire but we have to rejoice in the suffering Paul sang when he was beaten and thrown into a prison I ain't singing at the moment but I will be rejoicing at some point why? Because I need to build up endurance. I need to build up strength in Jesus. 
And from the endurance, I get perseverance, which then leads me onto a godly character. So every time I'm doing the DIY and I've got the hammer in my hand and the hammer slips, I won't be calling names or colorful metaphors. I'll be saying, praise God, my hand is still there on the, under my arm. That's building godly character. But at the end of it, godly character builds hope. Hope's right at the end, not at the beginning. So you've got to endure. Our hope in God should produce praising and rejoicing as we entrust ourselves into God's plan for our lives and other lives. For a believer, there are two key events or times we wish we could know when they were going to happen, but we're not allowed to know. These are the time and date of our death and the day of Jesus' return. When you put faith and hope in Jesus, you will have no need to be fearful or anxious for these times as they both held a closer walk in his presence. As people, do we hope for more? as people, what do we hope for most in life? Is it some or all of the following? Do we hope for peace and love? Comfortable living, good health, a good job or, or occupation, a nice home, children or a family. I think that's true for everybody who walks here. They want those things. So let's narrow it down. Do you think we as Christians hope for the same thing? Okay. For myself and from what I've observed, I would say yes, we do. Let's narrow it down even more. As Christians, what else should we hope for? Well, we could hope for, while we're waiting for Christ's return, that more of God's grace, mercy and patience be with us and others around us. This seems to be a common prayer of Paul for those he influenced. For God's kingdom to continue to grow and more people receive salvation. For injustice to be judged appropriately. For the gospel to be preached in every corner of this fallen planet. And a refreshing and strengthening of the body of Christ to match and overpower the darkness in this world. So the main hopes of a Christian could be these. Jesus as our living hope. God's promises to his children, fulfillment of God's purposes, the public defeat of God's enemies, to maintain steadfast hope and to develop a purifying hope. We're going to look at those individually now. Many New Testament writers link our Christian hope in God with eternal life, but also a fullness of life with God yet to come. Titus 1 from verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. That's a bit of a mouthful. And Ephesians 1, from verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, 
that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. Reading those scriptures, we can identify we have a hope in a person and an authority that is above every other person and every other authority that has existed and ever will exist. Though through this we can also receive a great calling and inheritance that not one of us will be worthy of if not for the grace and love of the Holy Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. We are born again to a living hope. The living hope being Jesus. He told the disciples he goes to prepare a place for those who believe in him. We can look forward to what Jesus has prepared for us, which will be so much better, last longer, and give more pleasure than anything this world can offer. This hope should keep our perspective of this life in the context of eternal life with God. So if we face temporary afflictions in this life, what we have to look forward to in Jesus far outweighs the pain and suffering we face now. So we can willingly give ourselves and our lives to Jesus in this life, as he has a much better life waiting for us at the appropriate time. We cannot see or experience this glorified life or living with Jesus yet, but we wait with hope and anticipation of it as the Holy Spirit fuels our hope and faith for greater things to glorify the Lord. Keeping our hope alive can be just as important as keeping our faith alive. 1 Corinthians 15, from verse 21. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then that is coming those who belong to Christ. And then jump into verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery, you shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? At the last day, Jesus will make the imperfect perfect, like himself. The old age will pass and a new age will begin. Our Lord Saviour Jesus fills every Christian with confident, expectant hope as we grow in faith in what Jesus has said fulfilled and yet promised for us. 
Jesus was the forerunner, the living example of God himself, but also the first to be raised from the snares and bondages of death in the resurrected form. We also will be raised in resurrected bodies, free from sin, death, sickness, and capable of wonderful new things yet to be disclosed. We will live a new life in a new body in a very new way. Second one. God's promises to his children. Like faith, hope requires us to be confident that God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. Romans 4.18 states how Abraham, against all human hope, received hope to believe God's promise to make him the father of many nations. We also must maintain our hope in God's faithfulness and promises when we endure suffering or trials, as this strengthens our hope in him as we endure through his strength and grace within us. God's love for us is shown in so many ways, and only and only confirms daily that we can and should place our hope in him alone. God can be trusted to fulfill his promises. He cannot and will not lie. And he has shown what he predicted through the prophets has come to pass and continues to unfold. The fulfillment of God's purposes. Romans 8 again. For in this hope you were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. But who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. All God's purposes for his children and the current heaven and earth will be fulfilled at Jesus' return. It is the perfection of our salvation won for us at the cross. Then the public defeat of God's enemies. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And 1 Corinthians. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Sin, death and all the powers of evil, including Satan, were all defeated at the cross and resurrection. But the victory has not been fully acknowledged as yet. But every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord on his return. We must maintain steadfast hope. 1 Thessalonians 1 from verse 3. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labour of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. The quality of our Christian hope will determine the levels of courage and patience we will exhibit when we face trials and tribulations. Our hope should not be vague or passive or sometime-ish, like having an if-it-happens sort of attitude. A Christian hope is not grounded in if it happens, but when it happens. And we remain confident and steadfast until it does happen or God takes us home. 
This hope demolishes fear and transforms doubts and criticisms into practical, godly optimism. Our last one, to develop purifying hope. On John 3, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is, and everyone who thus puts hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And Hebrews 10. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful. Godly hope impacts on how we live our lives now. We should be like the five virgins with the lamps prepared and ready for the return of our master, no matter what that day will be. So we want to be living a life pleasing to the Lord, as we all have to give an account of what we did with his precious gift of life. A Christian's hope is in a secure future with God. Our circumstances and lives may change, but God never changes or goes back on his word. Jesus is the source of all hope and promises. Our hope is in Jesus, a better life, a better us through sanctification and eternity in the presence of God. So as I bring this to a close, why should we put our hope in Jesus? Because he is alive, and everything he spoke or taught about was true, and he has proven time after time to us and others he is not a person to lie or deceive. He is who he says he is. The Savior spoken about throughout the Bible, but also the very Son of God, and even more importantly, God himself, one part of the Holy Trinity. Was Jesus' death the end of it? No. Was his resurrection the end of it? No. When he returns in all of his glory, he will raise up all those who are faithful to his name and commands. When the Trinity destroy the enemy once and for all, when a new heaven and earth are established, and we as his children dwell in the very presence of the Lord forever, is this the end? No. We have all eternity to spend with God and his saints forever and ever. Amen. God ensured we who believe would not face eternal condemnation and separation from his love. In eternity there will be no sickness, no death, no enemy, no evil or sin, just the love and the presence of God. What a wonderful promise we have in our Saviour Jesus. Because Jesus is unique and there is no one who can compare to him. He is perfect. No one can compare to his complete goodness, graciousness, mercy or love. And he still shows people how good he is, personally and through others, even to this day and age. He is just as much alive today as he was 2,000 years ago, maybe more so. That's why we should place our hope in him. We can have hope in Jesus because he is life, he is love, he is Lord. We have faith in the Lord by his grace. We have hope in the Lord for what he has done for us and will do for us. We love the Lord because he first loved us. That is why we can have hope in him. 
Why should we place our hope in Jesus? In a nutshell, because it's the only way. A.W. Tozer sums it up nicely. Jesus is not one of many ways to approach God, nor is he the best of several ways. He is the only way. So what is your hope placed in? I hope we would place ours in the life, death and resurrection of our Lord, Saviour Jesus Christ. That every faithful believer God has chosen will be resurrected to dwell in the very presence of God on Jesus' return. That God will complete his promise of establishing his kingdom within a new heaven and earth. A kingdom where there is no pain, suffering, sin or death. Just the glorified presence of the Holy Trinity and the children of God. Just going to say a prayer now. Lord, we place all our hope in you. We hope for your presence. We hope for your love. We hope for your glory to transform and to meet people in the name of Jesus. We hope for a better tomorrow and for better people who are Christians. Lord, let more people dwell within you. That is our hope, that we would dwell among you. And we hope for more of your Holy Spirit and the power and authority of Jesus, our Lord Saviour, would dwell among us. Because on the last day, neither your authority nor your presence will be able to be denied in any way. In Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen.